The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth, and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me and saw my works, forty years long was I grieved with this generation and said, it is a people that do err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways, unto whom I swear my wrath, that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalm 63 on page 414. O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh also longeth after thee, in a barren and dry land where no water is. Thus have I looked for thee in the sanctuary, that I might behold thy power and glory. For thy loving kindness is better than life itself, my lips shall always praise thee. As long as I live will I magnify thee in this manner, and lift up my hands in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied, even as it were with marrow and fatness, when my mouth praiseth thee with joyful lips. Have I not remembered thee in my bed, and thought upon thee when I was waking? Because thou hast been my helper, therefore under the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. My soul hangeth upon thee, thy right hand hath upholden me. These also that seek the hurt of my soul, they shall go under the earth. Let them fall upon the edge of the sword, that they may be a portion for foxes. But the king shall rejoice in God, all they also that swear by him shall be commended. For the mouth of them that speak lies shall be stopped. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the 29th chapter of the book of Genesis. So Jacob went on his journey and came to the land of the people of the east. And he looked and saw a well in the field, and behold, there were three flocks of sheep lying by it. For out of that well they watered the flocks. A large stone was on the well's mouth. Now all the flocks would be gathered there, and they would roll the stone from the well's mouth, water the sheep, put the stone back in its place on the well's mouth. 
Jacob said to them, My brethren, where are you from? And they said, We are from Haran. Then he said to them, Do you know Laban, the son of Nahor? They said, We know him. So he said to them, Is he well? And they said, He is well. And look, his daughter Rachel is coming with the sheep. Then he said, Look, it is still high day. It is not time for the cattle to be gathered together. Water the sheep and go and feed them. But they said, We cannot until all the flocks are gathered together and they have rolled the stone from the well's mouth. Then we water the sheep. Now when he was still weak speaking with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep, for she was a shepherdess. And it came to pass, when Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother, that Jacob went near and rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. Then Jacob kissed Rachel and lifted up his voice and wept. And Jacob told Rachel that he was her father's relative and he was Rebekah's son. So she ran and told her father. Then it came to pass when Laban heard the report about Jacob's sister's son, that he ran to meet him and embraced him and kissed him and brought him to his house. So he told Laban all these things. And Laban said to him, Surely you are my bone and my flesh. And he stayed with him for a month. Then Laban said to Jacob, Because you are my relative, should you therefore serve me for nothing? Tell me, what should your wages be? Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah's eyes were delicate, but Rachel was beautiful of form and appearance. Now Jacob loved Rachel, and he said, I will serve you seven years for Rachel, your younger daughter. Laban said, It is better that I give her to you than it sh I should give her to another man. Stay with me. So Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed but a few days to him because of the love he had for her. And Jacob said to Laban, Give me my wife, for my days are fulfilled, that I may go into her. And Laban gathered together all the men of the place, and made a feast. Now it came to pass that evening that he took Leah his daughter and brought her to Jacob, and he went in to her. And Laban gave his maid Zilpah to his daughter Leah as a maid. So it came to pass in the morning that, behold, it was Leah. And he said to Laban, What is this you have done to me? Was it not for Rachel I served you? Why then have you deceived me? And Laban said, It must not be done so in our country to give the younger before the firstborn. Fulfill her week, and we'll give you the one also for the service which you will serve with me still another seven years. So Jacob did so and fulfilled her week. Then he gave him his daughter Rachel, his wife also. And Laban gave his maid Bilah to his daughter Rachel as a maid. Then Jacob also went in to Rachel, and he loved Rachel more than Leah. And he served with Laban still another seven years. When the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. So Leah conceived and bore a son. And she called his name Reuben, for she said, The Lord has surely looked on my affliction, therefore my husband will love me. Then she conceived again and bore a son, and said, Because the Lord has heard that I am unloved, he therefore has given me this son also. And she called his name Simeon. 
she conceived again and bore a son and said, now this time my husband will become attached to me because I have borne him three sons. Therefore his name was called Levi. And she conceived again and bore him a son and said, now I will praise the Lord. Therefore she called his name Judah. Then she stopped bearing. Here endeth the first lesson. Blessed art thou, Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou, the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou on the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou on the firmament of heaven, praised and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the ninth chapter of the first epistle of the Apostle Paul to the church in Corinth. Am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Are you not my work in the Lord? If I am not an apostle to others, yet doubtless I am to you, for you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. My defense to those who examine me is this. Do we have no right to eat and drink? Do we have no right to take along a believing wife, as do other of the apostles, the brothers of the Lord, and Cephas? Or is it only Barnabas and I who have no right to refrain from working? Whoever goes to war at his own expense, who plants a vineyard and does not eat of its fruit, or who tends a flock and does not drink of the milk of the flock? Do I say these things as a mere man? Or does not the law say the same also? For it is written in the law of Moses, you shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain. Is the oxen God is concerned about? Or does he say it altogether for our sakes? For our sake, no doubt, this is written, that he who plows should plow in hope, and he who threshes in hope should be partaker of his hope. If we have sown spiritual things for you, is it a great thing if we reap your material things? If others are partakers of this right over you, are we not even more? Nevertheless, we have not used this right, but endure all things lest we hinder the gospel of Christ. Do you not know that those who minister the holy things eat of the things of the temple, and those who serve at the altar partake of the offerings of the altar? Even so, the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should live from the gospel. Here endeth the second lesson. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers, and to remember his holy covenant, to inform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham, that he would give us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, 
in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people for the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high has visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Almighty God, who sees that we have no power of ourselves to help ourselves, Keep us both outwardly in our bodies and inwardly in our souls, that we may be defended from all adversities which may happen to the body, and from all evil thoughts which may assault and hurt the soul. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who didst call blessed Joseph to be the faithful guardian of thine only begotten Son and the spouse of his virgin mother, give us grace to follow his example in constant worship of thee and obedience to thy commands, that our homes may be sanctified by thy presence, and our children nurtured in thy fear and love, through the same Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, who hatest nothing that thou hast made, dost forgive the sins of all those who are penitent. Create and make in us new and contrite hearts, that we, worthy lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, may obtain of thee the God of all mercy, perfect remission of forgiveness, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us, thy humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, Defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall to no sin, 
neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Just some quick thoughts about today's lessons. Um, our lesson from Genesis is interesting here in that we see Jacob returning to or going to the, the, the area where his father had acquired a wife. But unlike his, his father who had his, his father send a servant to acquire a wife, Jacob has now been forced out of his home and goes of his own accord. And he goes to the same person, Laban. And it's interesting here that we see a, a, a contrast. And this is always, and this whole chapter will play on us comparing and contrasting things that have gone before. So we see, first of all, it's interesting that Jacob, he's shown rolling this huge stone. And so it adds a bit of context for his mother's um, concern about his conflict with his older brother Esau, that these were both powerful, strong men, and any conflict would have resulted in violence and probably death. So we see that he's powerful, but also we see him struggling with a stone, which is we saw him you know, set up an altar with a stone beforehand, and we will see him struggling with God at, at, in a, at a later point. And so this wrestling, this, this powerful uh, physical specimen that he is. But also we see him meet Laban, who rushes out to meet his, his kinsmen. But unlike the last time where he was gifted with you know, a bunch of camels and riches and stuff, Jacob's coming empty-handed. All he has is himself to offer. And so he offers his services for the woman that he's fallen in love with. And this is one of the few instances of a marriage based on love that we see in the Bible. And then we see essentially the deceiver deceived. He had tricked his own father and taken away his, his older sibling's birthright. And here, in a sense, is this payback. He is deceived, and the older sibling, Leah, has her right to, to be married first, uh, restored, essentially. And he's deceived in much the same way, where his, his father was blind and he tricked him. Here he is unable to see her because she has a veil, and his, his wits are addled because he's been partying and celebrating and is probably quite drunk at this time. And so what he had done to his father is now done to him, essentially. And another point that I think calls for some reflection here is, is what happens to Leah. Here we have, she is desperate to be loved by her husband, but he does not love her. And so she's always, she's attempting to use her children her own fertility as a means of acquiring his love. And this is something that we always have to keep in mind, and it's a, a hard lesson for us humans to ever get, is that you cannot 
earn someone's love. You cannot buy someone's love. People love for whatever reason that we can't ever really completely understand or quantify. People love each other in spite of their faults, in spite of things, not because of them. We don't love people because I have a list of good reasons why I should love this person, therefore I'm going to to love this person, to fall in love with someone is to love them despite their faults, despite their flaws. You cannot control how you love someone. And it's also something that we have to keep in mind with our own, uh, our own uh, relationship with God, that we cannot earn his love. We can't do enough. We are all sinful creatures. And if we look at it on that basis, all of us fall short of being worthy of his love, in a sense. Yet he loves us anyway. He loves us despite ourselves, despite our flaws, despite our problems and our issues. God can't help but love us. He wants to love us completely. And our own sin prevents us from fully engaging in that relationship but he still loves us and there's nothing that we can do in this world or the next which can earn love to increase his love for us his love for us is infinite and so we have to learn to accept ourselves and acknowledge our own faults and acknowledge who we are, who we are truly, in order to fully comprehend and to realize how much he truly loves us. And so it's interesting if we, we look at this the story of Leah here, that she has three sons hoping against hope that this will cause her husband to love, him, love her. And then finally with the fourth son, it's in our, in this chapter, it doesn't say that she hopes that now that her, her husband will love her. Instead, she gives thanks to God for this son. She has finally realized things, something about herself and about her relationship with God and the joy that comes with having children. But we'll see more of this played out as we continue in Genesis. So that's just my thoughts for today. We'll continue with the the Prayer for all conditions of men on the bottom of page 18. O God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men, that thou wouldest be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. More especially pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth, and hold the faith and unity of spirit in the bond of peace and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are anyways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or estate.
that it may please thee to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, thine unworthy servants, do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. 